the Australian outback is a beautiful place. It's one of the oldest places that we know of. And it's just this huge landscape, this lush place, but it's also scary as fuck because it's just miles and miles of just vast countryside, essentially. And I can't really think of a lot of uh, horror movies that get into this, but today we're talking about one that does. Ooh, and we have a guest with us today. That's right. One who has been on our show before. Tim, welcome to the podcast. Welcome back. Well, thank you, guys. It's <laughs> awesome to be back. So, so uh, uh, tell everybody what film we're going to be talking about today, Tim. Uh, so today's topic is Wolf Creek. Wolf Creek is uh, a franchise consisting of two films and a, a limited series that you can find on Shutter. Uh, Wolf Creek uh, revolves around the murderer, Mick Taylor, who is an Australian native living in the outback. And what sets this guy apart from other horror villains, other murderers, monsters, is he's got a sense of he needs to protect his land. He needs to um, uh, keep it, quote unquote, like pure to, to him. And that means keeping it free from the tourists who come and exploit the land or trespass on his property. He's very protective of it. And it's, of course, heightened to a very murderous degree. And it's sinister and it's awful. But he's very different in that, you know, he's got a, a very high sense of patriotism driving his murder sprees and it, it makes him for a fascinating and unique villain in that sense um mm. like freddy krueger i i think he too also has a comedic tone to him the actor who plays him he you know <laughs> like how freddy um you know was just you know able to convey humor throughout his kills and his movies this guy does in his own way too um yeah, yeah cool. he's He's an interesting character for sure. Interesting story. Yeah, so uh, we're we're excited to talk about it. We're uh, of course excited to have you back on the show. Um, so you know, let's dive right into it. Uh, this is those who remain. guys wolf creek one we're talking 2005 which is funny because saw two came out in 2005 2005. (laughs) we're still in the same year (laughs) that's what we were just talking about uh, before we got on that like wolf creek very much feels like a kind of a product of that time you know like it, it has certain elements of for lack of a better term the whole torture porn subgenre um, but it also has things that kind of separate it from that as well. But it, you know, it has some of the staples for sure. I completely agree. You're, you're talking about Saw Two having come out in the same year, and <laughs> when you look at that franchise, you look at Hostel, Teresa, and all these films from that era. Captivity. Uh, Do you guys remember Captivity? Captivity. Oh my God! Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you said it uh, before in a previous episode, Nate. That um, that that era just glorified uh, main kind of uh, violence in horror films. And that just kind of happened to be the tone of, of, you know, that generation of films. 
yeah. this this film is no different in that sense for sure it, it definitely has that mean spirit about it but i do think it's a lot more enjoyable of a horror movie because of the comedic you know characteristics that mick taylor brings to the table yes he's sadistic and all but he's also got a sense of humor <laughs> and you know it, it's twisted and it's and it's awful and it's you know that's something anyone can take lightly, but at the same time, it, it just, it works. You know, yeah. when, you, when you watch him on the screen, it's not as intense as it is with other characters, but it's still as compelling as those other you know, ones as well. Just, it's, it's very different. It's very unique. Before we get too far into the movie, um, just real quick, the movie, like in a, in a sentence or two is, you know, these, these three kids uh, pay 1500 for a uh, really crappy car that they're basically going to drive across the Australian outback and they're visiting all these different kind of like national attractions along the way. And um, their car stalls out at Wolf Creek, which is this like amazing crater where like an asteroid hit and um, they get picked up by this crazy guy who, I guess you can kind of describe him as like a sort of psychotic crocodile Dundee sort of character exactly. they even kind of describe him that way too but uh, they do they do for sure so that's that's the movie i guess in the log line but um it has has a lot of different elements to it that i think are pretty interesting and i think this one will be uh interesting to talk about too because it's like i feel like it pulls from a lot of other movies it completely yeah. does it, uh, go ahead Kev. no no i was gonna say yeah um i think before we we before we started nate what did you say this was uh I think on like the back of the box or something. It's like it, Blair Witch it's, meets it's like, Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, right, exactly. That's what it was. Um, which is always, it's all yeah. Like you were saying it before. Like it's always interesting when you try and like, like oh, what's this movie like? And you're like, the the first thing to describe something for a lot of people is just well, it's like this movie mixed meets. with this. It's like why can't it just be its own movie? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wes Craven you know? said that in this interview once someone like was like, what do you think when people come up to you and say that a movie is one of your movies meets one of like wh- whoever's <laughs> movies. And he's like, don't even do it. It's already been done. What are you doing? Yeah. Right. You know? Exactly. I mean, there, there's yeah. Cause there's totally a, like a difference between just like straight up uh, like, I guess, homaging something in a, in a kind of tip of the hat way and just doing something that's been done. And right. um yeah, I guess that this movie f- follows a pretty well-worn narrative of like some kids that are going on a trip and, you know, they kind of get off the the path a little bit and end up getting, you know, lured in by some, some person that they trust. And I think that's what this movie is kind of playing into is like, you know, like when, when you first meet this guy, he's like almost like, he's like nice. He's like kind of creepy in a way, but he's like, he's, he's like really friendly, like almost overly friendly, you know? And um, then he like turns real, real dark, real quick. And it's like, um, I, I know the director said they cast that guy because he's a famous actor in Australia and he's known for being really likable. And uh, so they're like, oh, we want like this guy that you're going to like, like you would get in the car with him. And then, you know, once he, <laughs> he snaps, you're like, oh, shit. So I think they did a pretty good job with that. Um, Timmy, you're saying yeah. something about him being like protective of his land. I don't know anything about that. That sounds like something they get into in the sequels in the TV show. Cause like this one, I just felt like he's just some drifter guy. Like he even said, like, I don't really live anywhere. Oh, that's fascinating. Uh, even in this first film, there are hints and lines of dialogue that really point that out. 
in particular uh when when they were sitting around the fire at the trio and 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 him and the uh their, their nationalities are being pointed out by, yeah. by each other yeah. when it gets to the guy he's like yeah i'm also an australian and you know they have that joke about the word bloke and you know and and he's mocking he's mocking it he's in a way making fun of you know something that's part of aussie culture and when he does that's really when you're seeing mick for the first time mm-hmm. he's not being the nice guy anymore he's staring at him intensely for yeah. at least like what 30 40 seconds something like that yeah, and the other three characters are kind of bouncing back and forth about you know what's happening in the moment but the conversation continues on and it's just so out of left field and yeah. it was all because of this joke he had made about Australians and and you know he felt comfortable in the moment making that joke because he too was Australian this guy's good natured he doesn't have a bad bone in his body but he's just making a stupid joke and you can see that Mick really took it <laughs> in a way that was unexpected and not quite sure what to make of it, but knowing that this is a horror movie, you know, it's maybe something awful. So yeah, there's that. Um, There's another moment later where I forget which of the two girls he's with exactly, but um, he he says this line when he's like got her pinned up or whatever against the wall or something awful like that. He's like, you know, uh, there's something about you foreign cunts, you know, excuse my language there. But um, the use of the word foreign right there, again, you know, there, there's there's some kind of passionate feeling within him uh, when, it, when it comes to, you know, his country, his nationality, and then pointing out that she's foreign, like, why use that adjective out of any other word you could have used? Um, he, uh, in, the other, in the next film and then in the series, this... Um, sense of patriotism and desire to protect his land it's really you know branched out more for sure but in this film they do a pretty good job of making him just that sort of drifter character you you picked up on with this first uh, viewing but it also has that sprinkled you know those sprink those few sprinkled hints of what this guy is really driven by why he kills and it's because he's trying to protect his his territory. I mean, uh, you saw this movie when it first came out, right? Like back in two thousand five. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> Kevin, is it? Is it, like is it Kevin, uh, this is your first time watching it, right? This is my first time watching it. Yeah. So I want to get your your takeaways on the movie. I, I want to pick your brain a little bit and see kind of what yeah, you thought yeah. of everything. Yeah. Um, like anything, or just yeah, you have just just specific. No. Nah. So, uh, so in, in terms of like the whole protecting, you know, his land, his territory, whatever, the sense of patriotism that he has, I, I do, I do, uh, like when you first said it, Tim, I definitely thought back to those moments uh, in the film, um, you know, especially when they're sitting by the campfire or whatever, and, and he's like, oh, you're from the UK or whatever, and and um how that was kind of important um but like at the same time it's hard for me to say like oh he's yeah you know he's just protecting his territory you know he's just 
he's you know he's gonna kill rape and torture these people because they're on his land i'm like oh man i don't know if i buy that yeah no i, <laughs> like, I think a no loitering sign would have sufficed <laughs> you know no um, trespassing sign would have done the job but there definitely is something to say about a character who is comedic and also terrible and gruesome at the same time um you know much like freddie uh you know i think that's like the the main horror icon that we can all think back to and be like well what's the other comedic uh you know horror villain that we know and of course it's it's mr fred krueger and um yeah they're always fun to watch you know you know what Um, the difference is though is freddie is a, a true creature of nightmares is right. a monster, a legitimate one. McTaylor right. is a human being. This is a real grounded reality. Exactly. And so, yeah. Freddie was a pretty just... bad dude before he could get into your dreams, though. <laughs> I want to. <laughs> I want to see that movie. I want to see. I that know they do. They were. Day. They. They. They tried to make that for so long. It's. It. I don't know if it's going to happen. Maybe. Oh, I think that would be their their best film if they really went through with it. But I, I do think you're right, though, Tim. That's something that's so scary about a character like Mick, or even someone like you know, like Francis Dollarhide and Red Dragon, or like Buffalo Bill and Silence of the Lambs. Is that like, you know, serial killers blend into society for the most part? Like when whenever these guys get caught, people are like, "Oh shit, really? I was just playing poker with him, right. or whatever." <laughs> like we just I saw him at the movies. Who who would have known? And like, that is what's so scary. And like, this guy just has such a, I guess was like, he, he has sort of a, a charisma about him that, you know, he, like, yeah, he's kind of weird, but like, he's very friendly to these kids to draw them in. And then at a certain point, once their car is hooked to the back of his truck, it's like, there's no going back and he kind of turns, you know? Yeah. They even I, mentioned that on the way. They're like, what do we do? Just tell them to drop us off here. <laughs> yeah. I remember being like, fuck that. They're like, they're in it at that point you can't like i guess they could have opened the doors and jumped out but yeah yeah I mean, that was but you know they wouldn't have got very far yeah, exactly <laughs> that's the I problem think- um so okay so they get I, I i'm assuming they well i not assuming i know they get drugged by the water that he gives them because there's a um there's a videotape that christy i think yeah christy yes. stumbles upon uh like the home movies the home tapes that uh these travelers that he has abducted over the years so she watches a few of them i don't know how their batteries are still good but they are that's okay <laughs> he just keeps them charged ready to go why not you know what i thought you know what i would thought would have been cool uh during that scene so she's going through these home movies you know these video camcorders she's opening them up press and play you know, seeing their their travels, it would have been really cool. And I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it to happen, um, for it to like go from, oh, you know, we're having a family vacation, we're on the road, and then cut to like dead bodies swinging, or you know, like like he uses that camera to film like yeah. some of the things that he does to these people on the same cam camera that they brought with them. I was kind of waiting for that. Yeah. It didn't happen, yeah. but you know, um, uh, I don't know where I was going with that, but um. You know that would that would have been a cool. Thing, Dad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you, you could have had a, a good shock moment in there for sure. And obviously, we know who Mick is, so it wouldn't have surprised us. But it still would have made it an interesting moment if they chose to do something with it. Mm-hmm. I, I I completely agree. 
Yeah. So uh, there are there are a few moments throughout this film that just just make me so mad, and it's like the first one being Christy wakes up. You know, it's day daylight. She's locked in this room. She's got uh, uh, zip ties around her hands and legs, and she uh, event she like has this moment where like what the fuck's going on she's freaking out and then she's like crying in a corner whatever and then it's nighttime and then she finally figures out how to get out of these freaking zip ties you it it fucking took you 10 hours to do that come on what the fuck that was just pissing me off and notice the glass <laughs> in the corner i'm like you have had so much time to figure it out to get through one little tiny zip tie and you couldn't do it so that made me mad. Um. <laughs> the, the, the big one was hitting him with the gun. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, what a gentle so, pat on the back. It's so frustrating. You know, like she shoots him in the neck. He goes down. He, he passes out, whatever, for a few minutes. And all they had to do is that whole room that they were in was loaded with weapons. There was a crossbow <laughs> hanging up. There was, other, there was other guns everywhere. There was a Bowie Bowie knife that he had that was just at his feet. They could have just cut his head off. They could have done anything, but they didn't do it. No, she's just going to whack him with the butt of the rifle a couple times very gently. (laughs) And then leave the gun next to him. But this is a horror movie. And if we we thought logically and and whatnot, we wouldn't really have a movie now, would we? (laughs) Nope. Uh, so, it, it was frustrating hearing those sound effects as soon as the uh, butt of the gun lands on his back. It, it just—it was such a gentle, you know. It was loud, yeah, but it was kind of gentle at the same time. And I'm like, this kind of reminds you whenever you're having a dream and you're trying to fight back against some assailant in it, and you can't really hit hard. And you know, <laughs> I don't know if you guys really have that or not, but I think you mentioned that one time in a previous episode, Kevin. But like, that's but that reminded me of it was like does she, does she really believe that was enough you know i, I get right. he's passed right. out but still yeah yeah those are just those concessions that we have to make during horror films and be like all right you know it's it, they're gonna be in every horror film ever so <laughs> again if we all thought logically and, and whatnot we just wouldn't have these films so. yeah oh yeah for sure i mean like how many times do they leave jason just sitting there or like or michael oh yeah or like anyone, halloween anyone. kills <laughs> perfect example yeah we can go exactly. on and on and on yeah <clears throat> endless examples of that um <laughs> I, I will say the second one does a pretty decent job on correcting that problem where they okay they make all the decision making in that film it, it, it's no joke is grounded in logic and in my opinion that's what makes it a far more effective and better horror film i still love the first but the second so you think, they, they so you think the sec- you, really so you think the second is better at the second one is better it's even half wow. an hour longer which is even you know weirder to say like somehow that worked for it, but it did wow it's it's okay. really it's really i don't want to go too much into that episode until we really talk yeah, no, tackle that at its own thing but um it's really three separate short films that are stitched together and mm-hmm. they actually make one really interesting narrative. But yeah. And, and for that reason, I, I think it's a very interesting experimental way of telling that story. This first one is a far more traditional slasher. 
Yeah. You know, it, it's got the three-act restorative. It's, it, it you know, has, has all the bells and whistles that you would expect with any of the major slasher villains. But instead of, you know, Freddy's hat, we get, you know, the Australian Outback cat instead of his claws or a machete or <laughs> kitchen butcher knife. Instead, we get a uh, a Bowie knife and a, and a rifle. A sniper rifle. I I could definitely see how people, uh, you know, can turn this into like a you know cult classic kind of film, and especially with with his character. Yeah, like like you can easily see through, you know, from the very beginning when you meet him, you're like, all right, this guy is. I mean, for now he's likable, and then you know he's even, you know, he's just got this you know certain charisma where you're like, all right, I'm, uh, all right, I'll stick around, I'll see what this dude's up to, mm-hmm. even though some of the shit that he's up to is is uh not not so great, but uh you know that's the that's coming back to the whole torture porn era of the early two thousands, so yeah, <laughs> you know, um, I, I will yeah, say go, that go it's it's uh a far tamer torture porn film compared to something like like Hostel or even Saw. That's true. Its... Yeah, yeah. 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 It's it not has... um uh it, it really does it's really not that gory. <laughs> oh it's you know, a cat and mouse kind of film. Yeah, for sure. Like it's not like you're watching someone's eyeball get torched off, <laughs> you know, like hostile oh, or, or you know like like anything like that i mean like christy gets her fingers cut off but yeah. that even wasn't that bad like it has i a think it's more like gnarly moments yeah like i uh, i feel like the 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 hardest part to watch in this film at least for me from my perspective was when christy finds uh what's her name liz uh you know, tied up and then mixed doing his thing. You're like, ah, shit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, that's, that's awful. <laughs> yeah. So like that for me, it was, is hard to watch. Um, but other than that, it really wasn't overly gory or, or, or anything like super crazy. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, out of all those movies, it's, it's not the, the worst, but for me, I, I just feel like the movie had a real kind of starkness to it. Like, you know, you just kind of feel like those kids are just, they're, just done from the second they meet this guy so it's like there, there's never i mean i guess one of you know um i forget the the dude's name that's in the group ben ben ben, ben, ben survives but he's like crucified and he's ne- <laughs> next to some other dead dude who is crucified and it looks like he got eaten by the dogs and then yeah, that was um, pretty gnarly <laughs> yeah so he's like i don't want to be like that guy so he pulls his his wrists off these nails and out of some wire and you know he just like basically passes out i thought like a vulture was going to come down and eat him or something <laughs> and then uh yeah some other tourists and i thought this was kind of cool that the that the um the fella in the group has like a hat on sort of like mix so you're like oh it's mick and then you're yeah. like oh no it's just another another tourist and they take him to to safety Right. Um, so, and I guess in that sense, this movie kind of inverts the final girl trope and it, it's like, there's a final guy, but I mean, you know what though? Like true. that is true, but it was, it was interesting because, you know, we're with Christy and Liz for so long and, and Ben's just gone. So it's like, yeah. he, yeah, he's the final guy, but we also haven't seen him in the yeah. past, you know, he just like goes he, away. 
Yeah, so, so it's like but, it wasn't like a true final, right? Right, because yeah, in my, they, in my opinion, yeah, you totally think it's gonna be uh, one of the ladies, and then oh, for sure, once the head on the stick scene happens, you're like, oh god, I, I, we, we've been following her the whole awful. movie, yeah. So then, um, it's uh, uh, what's sorry, what's the name of the friend that's left with the sniper right. rifle scene? It's Christy. Christy. When, yeah, Christy, like yeah. when Christy's out there in the outback during the daytime, you're just like, she has, like, this is like, it, to me, it's such a, it's such a crazy contrast of like being out in the middle of nowhere where you're completely out in the open, but you feel totally trapped because there's nowhere you can go because this guy can, mm-hmm. can see you wherever you go. Like, that's terrifying. Yeah. Um, that scene, <laughs> that scene was also kind of weird for me because like, I feel feel like the timing of the bullet hitting the guy and the actual sound of the rifle was just way off <laughs> like like it, like they made it seem like he was shooting from miles away <laughs> yeah it was like then, yeah. it's like it's like dude you're like a hundred meters away or something anyway but they thought it was you cool had, you had to draw out that moment you had to make it dramatic I know, <laughs> I know. he's that good of a shot he actually was a mile a quarter of a mile away yeah he, okay. he shot while he was driving actually going 100 <laughs> miles an hour <laughs> uh, yeah that would be funny. some mad max shit yeah right. <laughs> oh my uh, god what 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 did you guys think about with the three characters each having their own uh survivor story per se you know how the second and third act they really did divide it between the three of them at different points when you follow the first two women you're you're, you're kind of left with the implication that ben's dead and mm, yeah, by the definitely. time we get to him you know he's the only survivor and it's only revealed to us now that he's alive it's like oh whoa this mm. kind of throws you you know a muck a little bit did that work for you guys did that kind of structure throw you off in a way did it kind of deflate the story in a way or was it an interesting twist that you know just gave you a whole new experience that you appreciate like what what was it for you guys um for me i thought it i thought overall it worked i mean i think there's even a scene at the very beginning when uh, i think it's when christy first escapes where i i thought that i that she saw like shoes and blood and stuff and like you're like ah shit ben's dead (laughs) um which would have made sense like if you're if you're if you're looking at mick as this you know uh rapist and murderer and whatever you know he is like yeah makes sense he's not going to keep the guy around he's just going to kill the guy whatever and then you know do his do what he's going to do with christy and liz um so i thought that was like at least somewhat interesting that you know it's just for ah, man because we just talked about a movie uh that kind of kills off the your, the characters we're following we're, we're talking about terrifier in a previous episode and, <laughs> i love terrifier and they just they they kill them off right like like halfway through the movie more than halfway through the movie and you're like oh okay now what <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's definitely an interesting uh path to take um i don't i don't hate that um you know, it kind of keeps you on your toes a little bit. What, what about you, Nate? I thought, like, I enjoyed uh, in this movie how they introduced the the three characters, like, at the beginning, you know? Like, I thought they, they did a pretty good job of establishing who each of them was and, like, you know, like, the whole, it's kind of like, not really like a love triangle, but it's like Ben has feelings for for Liz, right? And then, like, there's, like, a, a whole thing going on. So, I like, you 
you actually like care about the characters. So like when all this stuff happens, you're invested in it. So I, I thought it, it worked pretty well jumping from person to person because I actually like cared about them. You know, if, right. if I didn't care about uh, any of them, then like when we caught to him, I would have thought it was boring. So for, for this one, um, you know, I guess using terrifier as another uh, contrast, like that movie um, I thought they, like the characters were okay, but you didn't really like care about them as much. This one, like I actually like was like, oh, I, I feel like I know these kids a little bit, and I'm and I'm kind of just like hanging out on their trip with them, and then it goes violently wrong, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I thought they set it up really well. Um, it didn't really take me out of the movie at all. Um, and with him, like I guess it's this time I knew he lived, but I remember the first time being like, oh, he's dead, and then once you find out he's alive, it's like, oh, thank God, at least there's some some hope in the movie because one of these guys lived. <laughs> right yeah definitely um, uh definitely left you wondering till the end how how it was going to go down and when christy passed and you think all three of them are gone it's like holy cow like that's all of them like what now and, and that's when ben wakes up and there is like you're saying that one glimmer of hope it it's it's an experimental way of telling the story and i i I do think it worked for sure. Um, it's not for every story for sure, but I, I, I enjoyed it here. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that sums it up pretty well. Um, all right. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious and I, and I kind of have a, a little bit of insight into how everyone's going to feel about this movie, but I'm, I'm curious about what everyone thinks about it and what they would rate this movie out of 10. Um, Tim, we're going to start with you, even though I'm pretty sure I, I somewhat know what your answer is going to be. <laughs> well, uh, what I enjoy about it, uh, I think the actor who plays Mick is brilliant and he's iconic uh, in his portrayal. I would definitely put him up there with the likes of Robert England with Freddie and you know everyone else who uh, is known for whatever characters they play. Uh we do get to explore more uh, of his character and more of his story in other, uh, you know, in, in another film and the rest of the series. And so I'll get into that another time because there's so much more to go on about that I do like. But uh, directly from this film, um, it, it's it's the introduction to an interesting franchise. It's uh, it's it's different to have a, a killer who is so charming and inviting and makes you feel relieved after being out in this awful wilderness all this time on your own. You know, I, I, I like having a villain that you are comfortable with. Like, yes, he's creepy in a way and you audience members know to expect, you know, this is going to be our villain to be, but just on how he carried himself and how he was so caring and patient and cool. I, I, I really think that's an interesting villain who's so patient and knows how to play people and no other slasher character I feel does that kind of manipulation. Um, They're all straightforward. You know, once you are face to face with Freddie and Michael, you know what to expect. They're not going to try and, you know, get you on their side and make you think that everything's a-okay. Like that's, that's part of what makes this movie different. And so when they wake up, you know, halfway through the movie and this is tied up for 10 stupid hours. Um, uh, I, uh, 
I, I see a huge shift before we go from, oh, I want to trust this guy, but I know something's, I know something's bound to happen. And when it finally does happen, it, it's, it's like a bomb, you know, you, you wake up and you see what's going on with Christy and how he's with her. And just the fact that they're now in this death trap, it's, it's like, shit, this stuff could happen, you know, potentially it's a thriller. It's not, you know, something that's supernatural. So I, I do enjoy this movie a lot. Um, I don't think it's the best in the franchise. Uh, I, I love the character, um, love the environment that the story takes place in. I honestly am going to give it a six out of 10. Um, yeah. yeah, I enjoyed it, but uh, cool. it could have done better. <laughs> All right, Nate, what about you? I like this movie. Um, when I saw it, when it first came out, um, I remember like I bought it and I haven't watched it since because I just thought it was like really messed up. Yeah. Um, and then going back to it, I'm like, it's definitely still a pretty disturbing movie, but for me, um, yeah, like it, it makes me want to watch the sequels and kind of see what they do with it. But, um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm fine with just the first movie, like hearing Timmy talk about it, it sounds interesting, but just watching it on my own, I was like, I'm good. Like if, if it's more of just like people being tied up and tortured and stuff, I, I don't really want to see too much <laughs> yeah. more of that. But if, if they do explore sure. that character in a meaningful way, that, then that's interesting. But um, I liked, you know, like I like movies that explore uh, the environment as almost like an antagonist. I think it's pretty awesome that the Outback is like almost as big of a villain in this as, as Mick is. I mean, not quite obviously, but like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just like, they, they kind of painted as like this beautiful but haunting and threatening place i thought the movie was like beautifully shot it was probably shot on dv or something to give it that kind of like grainy you know handheld look and everything um i give it uh seven backpacks Ooh, wow okay well I'm, I'm surprised i'm actually really surprised that you scored it higher than tim me too man i was expecting timmy to go like a nine that's what I was thinking. Wow. No, Devil's surprising. Devil's Rejects was different. And I, I've got a lot that I enjoy the, from this movie, but uh, no, it's it's the second one that I have a, a higher rating with. All right. So, um, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I'll just be honest. I did not like this movie. Um, I... It was, for me, it was, it was just very, and maybe it's, and maybe part of it is because I saw it to, you know, like, like, in 2021 um but for me it was just very cookie cutter like it was like up oh, three friends go on a you know little road trip and they run into some trouble like I all right agree. i yeah. have seen that so many times <laughs> and they're all roughly the same you know they have their own little unique little little things here and there but for the most part all these movies are the same um I will say though that 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 Mick is a is a pretty interesting character, um, and and definitely by far the most interesting of the bunch. Even though they did actually the other the other actors and actresses they did a good job too. But yeah. but but he was he was actually he was pretty fun. Um, so Nate, you said I hated the cinematography in this movie. I really? hated it. Oh my <laughs> god! So so so, um some of the b-roll that they shot um you could tell that they like 
they played it and then they like reversed it for a second and then like because they needed it to be longer but they just didn't slow it down oh really really, it was really (laughs) weird i catch that yeah it happens it happens twice when they're uh when they're exploring around wolf creek and uh like the actual crater oh i want to go back and catch that so weird there's like two times where it happens um and I know that the the DP shot this entire film handheld, um, which tell. which oh which isn't God. isn't a bad thing necessarily. For me, it was more the um, it it had this weird thing where you would have a shot that like looked like it belonged in a narrative film, and then the next shot would look like it was like out of a documentary. And I don't know yeah. if they did that on oh. purpose or it was just like the. I don't know. It was just like, it was very inconsistent for me. And it, and it like took me out of it. Every time it switched over to a shot that just wasn't, it was just like a little bit too like documentary ish. Hmm. I was like, ugh, That's I didn't interesting. like it. Yeah. So, um, you know, so like based on all that, like, um, you know, just the story is something that we've kind of seen over and over again. And, um, and just you know it the is. certain elements that I that I didn't love about it. I'm gonna score this a little low, but I will say I, I I would be interested to see the second one because Tim, you said it's a lot better. So yeah. So I would be I would I I'm not gonna to totally throw it out of you know and and say I'm never gonna watch any of these again. I would definitely watch the second one. Um, oh, so dude, I, this has to be a pair. We do at some okay. point if we get the chance to do another episode like. These two right. episodes would have to be listened to back to back. All right, cool. Yeah, so I'd I'd be down for that. But but I'm gonna do I'm gonna go low for this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a two point three Wolf Creeks out of ten. Two point three Wolf Creeks. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair. <laughs> yeah. I like our um, spectrum. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to 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 just throw in that uh, Becca and I went to and you guys know this, but. All the all of our listeners, Becca and I, attended a horror convention this past weekend, Days of the Dead. It was held in Rosemont, um, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, it had been nine years since the last horror convention <laughs> I went to. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, with Nate, uh, oh, so, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and it was actually Days of the Dead, yep. <laughs> which is funny. That's awesome. Um, but man, it was just like so much fun to, especially like, you know, in pandemic times and having everything shut down for so long, it was so nice to go into a banquet hall, <laughs> uh, at a hotel filled with a bunch of horror fans and see all like the, the there were tons of, um, just really, really awesome, um, you know, creative, uh, vendors there, just some really, really cool stuff. Um, there were one in particular, this was kind of really cool. Uh, I think they're called, uh, plot 31 studios and they're this, uh, mom and pop shop and they like design furniture and, and like shadow, they do these really cool Friday, the 13th shadow boxes you can hang on your wall. So it's got like a little miniature, uh jason Voorhees hockey mask and like the machete behind it and there's all like foliage in it they're really really cool Um, but they had this coffee table that was evil dead themed and there were like green led lights in it it was see-through there was like a chainsaw the candarian dagger the fucking book of the dead and you can take out all these props too it's not like they're fixed in there you can take them out it was so 
so cool um and then you know becca and i got to uh talk to bill mosley for a little bit and and got and got his autograph which which we it was so hard trying to pick out a picture of what we wanted him to sign oh yeah Uh, (laughs) you know i personally i kind of wanted the he had one photo of him as luigi from repo which is like (laughs) but i'm also a big otis driftwood fan so we went with the the classic uh like the three of them walking down the road you know that shot classic um and then i got to meet uh damien leone and david howard thornton from terrifier uh which is so cool um and and you would never you would never think that David Howard Thornton is just like the most normal dude ever. And he looks really nice. <laughs> he was so nice. We were talking about, he was like, oh man, you're really tall or whatever. And, and, and we, he brought up like roller coasters or something. And he was actually just at Universal Studios. He's like, oh man, that's so sad because there's this the best roller coaster I've ever been on. It's called the Velocicoaster. It's at Universal Studios. I'm like, we were just there and I fit on it. And that thing was fucking crazy. So <laughs> it was funny. It was it was a great time. Um, one of our friends kind of works for this uh horror t-shirt company called Terror Threads. So if you need any horror shirts, they do licensed, very, very cool design shirts. Uh we we bought a couple. Um, so yeah, anyway, I just wanted to kind of, kind of just throw it out there and, and it's, uh, it was fun and we should all go next year. So, (laughs) oh, I can't wait. And a flashback in the summer. Oh yeah, sure. That's in the, I think it's in August. Yeah. Flashback, uh, horror convention is in August and it's in the same area. Hell yeah. Oh, I gotta be honest guys. I have never attended, attended a horror convention. Oh, sir. You will have, you will have a fun time. Yeah, you will spend. <laughs> you remember in hostel when he when um he asked him he asked the guy coming out of the factory like how was it in there and the guy's like you will spend all your money in there. That's a horror convention. <laughs> you will spend it's true. every dollar you have it's in your. So and, so and true. For convenience, they'll take your cards too. So they yeah. will. They yeah. will. Yeah. <laughs> this is like everything: art, music, costumes. There's cosplay. There's like amazing Q and A's and screenings. It's it's so much fun. When we went nine oh, years I'm ago, so it's excited. like we got to meet Heather Langenkamp from Nightmare on Elm oh, Street. It's just like so nice. Yeah, we, uh, I met Candyman once, uh, Tony Todd, and he was so oh, nice. He gave me yeah. some good advice about doing uh, uh, entertainment. Uh, industry stuff in Chicago. He was just like, "Be very persistent. Do not give up. <laughs> Tell everyone. Tell." Everyone. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and and you know the the two three people that we met, there were so many other people there. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the entire cast of Friday the Thirteenth Part Two was there. Uh, uh, the kid nice. from from Child's Play was there. Uh, awesome. Billy Zane was there. <laughs> <laughs> just so so many people and what's cool about it is that they're just at a, a booth you could just walk right up to and, and talk to them you know mm-hmm. like so um pretty cool um and i'm looking forward to the next one so oh, me too yeah so so to wrap things up if you're still hanging out with us and we haven't bored you to death thank you we appreciate it don't forget you can check out all our films at into the void come back next week give us a like add us to your podcast playlist share us with your favorite people tim thank you for coming on again it was a pleasure having you oh guys thank you for having me this is a ball hell yeah uh stay spooky out there my friends 
This has been Those Who Remain.